do Jewish women talk about midlife? Hi, I'm Devara Krasniansky, and I've been coaching women for a long time in all areas of life, including women in midlife. Midlife is an exciting time, but it's also confusing, and so I invite experts to join me here as we unpack this crazy and interesting time of our lives. You can join our conversations on our Facebook group, Jewish Women Talk About Midlife, and on our website, Jewish Midlife. Welcome to this exciting episode of the Living Fully in Midlife series. Today, I have an extraordinary adventure to share with you. I spoke with the intrepid Nechama Suffren, who took on the ultimate challenge of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa. The most incredible thing is that a year ago, she wasn't even exercising, and then within several months, she prepared herself for this trip. So join us as we delve into Nechama's incredible journey, where she embarked on a 10-day expedition completely disconnected from the outside world without phones, beds, showers, or even bathrooms. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro is no small feat, and Nechama's determination and courage can really inspire us to embrace the spirit of adventure in our own midlife journey. This series aims to inspire everybody to live their lives more fully, no matter their age. So if you've started to do something interesting or crazy or adventurous in your midlife, I'd love to hear your story too. Your story could inspire others to step out of their comfort zones and embrace the thrill of living life to the fullest. So tune in to listen to Nahama's adventure and prepare to be inspired by her remarkable climb of Mount Kilimanjaro and her unwavering spirit. Here we go. So Kilimanjaro is the tallest mountain in Africa. It's 5,895 meters high. It's a freestanding mountain, which means that it's not in a mountain range. It's surrounded by completely flat land. So it, it really is something special to see. In fact, when we flew into Kilimanjaro, we could see the top of the mountain peeking out over the clouds from the air. That was the only thing we could see and it's really like an awesome sight to see. It's really majestic and it was quite kind of amazing just to see the first sighting from the aeroplane. So we flew from London to Ethiopia to Addis Ababa and then we flew straight from Addis Ababa to um, to Kilimanjaro. Um, it's it's really really majestic to see the way it kind of climbs up and there's snow and glaciers near the top um it's actually an erupted volcano so when we were walking along um when we were climbing up the guys actually picked up pieces of black rock to show to show us um that kind of lying there on the mountain uh, what's really fascinating about Kilimanjaro is that because it's so vast and so high, there's kind of lots of really interesting vegetation and there's different, really different scenery every single day. So kind of on the first day, you're trekking through rainforest and, and you can see kind of, I mean, it's really interesting, really tall trees and there's monkeys up there in the, in the rainforest. Um, and every day the scenery like really, really changes. So completely different type of flowers and vegetation every day. Um, on one of the days, I think it was Friday. It was Friday. Um, 
there's lots of trees that literally look like huge pineapples growing in the ground um, and there's beautiful flowers on other days like just miles and miles and miles of like small white flowers um, when you get to the top it looks a bit like a moonscape or like a desert just kind of rocks and dust um, but every day the scenery changes um, the uh, Kilimanjaro is one of the um, seven peaks in the world so every continent has um, its tallest mountain and people kind of challenge themselves on and Kilimanjaro is the tallest in Africa and it's the most popular of the seven peaks because um, it's the only one that you can is quite accessible as in you can climb it without any specific training you just need kind of reasonable level of fitness but you don't need ropes or anything technical to climb it. So Kilimanjaro is one of those well-known places of challenging yourself. It is. So let's talk about what made you decide to go to Africa, to go to Kilimanjaro. That's not the typical. So there were a few things actually. So first of all, I love the sound of your podcast because it's exactly where I'm at. I'm turning 50 this week on Tishabov. It's just an interesting phase of life, I suppose. Like earlier phases were kind of very busy with younger children then getting people married. I still have four to marry off. And I was very, very busy with work, extremely busy. I've actually handed in my notice for my job. I'm not working there anymore. I was working for the National Health Service, which is a really stressful place to work. I was finding like I really didn't have a work-life balance. Plus, I really, really realized reaching this age and stage in my life that I have to exercise. So I'm a person who has never exercised. Like when I say never, I mean actually like never. <laughs> so when I was in school, everyone had to run around the playground. I don't know what you call it, the yard. Is that what you call it? We call it a playground in school. Uh, everyone had to run around like five times. I was like the one person that couldn't run around it once. I don't know how everyone else did it. If I could get out of exercise lessons, I would yeah, hide in the changing rooms. I never exercised. When we were kids, my mother's from Switzerland, so we went hiking every single summer. I have four older brothers and I was always lagging behind. And like my brothers had to pull and push me up the mountain. So when I say like, I'm not sporty, I really mean like, I have never ever been sporty. I'm reading about the menopause and reading how important exercise is. I've tried over the last 10 years to try and get into exercising and I start and I stop. So I thought the only way that I'm gonna force myself to exercise is if I sign up to a challenge where like I have to do it. Like I ha like if I do this challenge, if I'm signed up for the challenge, like I have to get fit. <laughs> so that's what I did. And my son, who is 28 now, he actually did this challenge last year. So when the ad the advert came out in I think November time for this year's challenge, like November last year. I said to him, should I do it? And he's like, yeah, sure, you can do it. It's really easy. I'm like, I don't know why I listen to him. It's not easy. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. But I signed up 
And that, like, from as soon as I signed up, like, I started exercising. I did. I don't know if you have it in America. Here we have a an app called Couch to 5K. Right. So it, like, gets you to be able to run 5K. It's for people that literally cannot run like me so I did that couch to 5k program I joined a gym for the it's not the first time in my life that I've joined a gym but it's the first time in my life that I've joined a gym and actually gone to the gym I I kind of worked out an exercise program for myself in the gym I joined loads of classes I was like really like dedicated to the cause and I'm really 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 pleased I've done it and I've been back now for about six weeks and I'm still going to the gym so hopefully that exercise routine will last. So you went from nothing to a major, major hike. I'm coming to Jarrah's yeah. yeah, I literally went from absolutely nothing. And I have to say, I think I saw you already have a podcast on like exercise and the menopause. But I have to say from a mental health perspective, it's physical and mental health. It's incredible I know everyone always says this and I know everyone knows this but I've just really experienced it I feel so much better when I exercise I just feel I feel better I sleep better I'm like yeah it's amazing it's I'm really really pleased that I've done it so doing it now that you don't have that major challenge to get you going yeah I'm still doing it I'd love to sign up for something else so if anyone hears of any challenges, you can let me know because I have been, I actually was Googling. As soon as I came back, I started Googling what other charities like are doing a challenge. The thing is about these challenges is like being from and be, being Jewish and being from, it's quite complicated as in you can't just like take yourself off to Kilimanjaro for 10 days because you've got to think of Shabbos and you've got to think of kosher food. So it works well when one of like one of these Jewish charities do a challenge. So I did it with a charity which is called Gift, which is an English charity. It's a fantastic charity. They what they do is they help like families that need food packages. They also help families that like might need like teenagers to help with their younger kids. They help a lot of vulnerable families. But the special thing about GIFT is their whole ethos is to get people to be givers. So they get like kids and teenagers involved with everything. So the kids will go and make the food packages or sort out like a bunch of food. They'll check like what's got a kosher label on and set it aside. Or they have a kitchen where they make meals, like people go in and so they people go in and kind of chop vegetables and get cooking. So they really are involved in creating generation of givers. So I did this challenge with gift. My son also did it with gift last year. And I've been looking, I haven't found anything yet, but I've been looking for another challenge for next year. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what there is out there. But I also found on google i haven't looked into it yet i found a jewish company i think it's based in america and i think it's called pjs challenges that do like these kind of challenges i think they do kilimanjaro as well for jewish people like they have kosher food and they organize like shabbos arrangements so we'll see i have ideas of things i'm looking into because i would yeah i i want to keep my motivation going so i'd like to do something else 
So when you told people that you were going to Kilimanjaro, especially you said you never even exercised and you're totally not sporty, what were people saying? This is a really good question. So to be honest, like I didn't tell, I was very, very, very wary of telling people. It's almost like when someone's pregnant and they don't want to tell anyone, it was a bit like that. <laughs> I didn't tell people for ages. I remember once I was together with my husband and he started talking about it and I like gave him a look and he's like, what's wrong? Like, why can't I tell people? I think I felt like very unsure if I'd be able to do it. So I didn't want to tell anyone. It almost gives you like a get out clause. If you don't tell anyone, then you can pull out and you're not going to be embarrassed that you pulled out. So I didn't tell people for ages. When I did tell people, I think my family, like my immediate family were like, really like you're doing this but it wasn't just because of the fitness my kids were very funny all my kids are adults besides my 14 year old so they were very funny they said and they're right mom you're so fussy about your bed and your pillows and like your blankets like they all have to be exactly the right like shape and height and weight like how are you going to sleep in a tent for eight nights so that was their thing they like didn't think I was going to be able to like cope with sleeping in a tent for a week or over a week. Um, but actually, I wasn't worried about that. I wasn't worried about that at all because I thought, and it was true, that I thought I'll be so exhausted that I'm going to sleep. I could probably sleep like on rocks without a sleeping bag. And actually, that is what happened. Like I slept. I'm very, very lucky because not everyone did, but I slept really well every single night I was in my tent. So... It's also my first time sleeping in a tent. I have never, ever, ever been camping, ever. <laughs> I think people were surprised at that. Some people in our shul, when I told them, towards the end, I was telling everyone because I had to, because I had to get sponsorship. So people were like, are you crazy? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you put yourself through that? Other people were excited. People were encouraging. All sorts of different responses. But my immediate family were a bit doubtful. I could actually cope with that. That's so cool. So you, because it's so not you, that it's, it's so not me. Amazing that you went to the, the a real extreme. Yeah. So hiking. I don't know. I don't know what if in London you have any hikes, but just something a little bit more normal, like go back to Switzerland and try to do something you didn't even do as a kid. Yeah. So actually, we are going to Switzerland like this summer. And I think we're going with my parents. And I think my mom is expecting me to run up and down all the mountains. I think she thinks I'm super fit now, which is not the case. <laughs> Thank God I managed to do Kilimanjaro. But that you asked about hikes around here. So one of the things I really, really enjoyed my training. And one of the things I enjoyed was looking up hikes in the UK. So there are beautiful places, not in London, but out of London, there's beautiful, beautiful places to hike. So I went, my, the first hike that I did, so I practiced hiking as well, because you've got to practice. This is quite funny, but you've got to practice. Not funny, funny for me, because I wasn't very sporty. You've got to practice like walking up hills, because you are actually walking up a mountain. <laughs> I was okay kind of doing flat, but <laughs> I had to practice doing up. So the first hike I did was there's somewhere called Seven Sisters. It's a beautiful hike along. It's all along cliffs along the sea and it's all up and down, which is beautiful. We went to 
I went with my husband and one of my boys to Snowdon, which is like the tallest mountain in Wales. So I went with my son and my brother actually to the Lake District, which is stunning. It's a five hour drive from here, but we went for a few days and we went hiking there. So there, there are gorgeous, gorgeous hikes to do in England, if any of you ever come over here. Wow. So yeah, I, I did do quite a lot of hiking here. I tried towards the end to do at least one hike a week. I aimed to do three and then I thought it's a bit too uh, ambitious. So I went down to I'm going to do one a week. So you really dedicated a lot of time to this. How long in advance did you know from, from, from before the trip, how long in advance did you know that you were going to be doing this? Like how long were you training? So I signed up in November. So it's December, January, February, March, April, May, June. So it's seven months. At the beginning, because it was such a long way away, like I didn't feel like too pressured. So I wasn't taking it that seriously. I was taking it seriously, but I wasn't working that hard on my fitness. So then I was trying to go for a run. So when I say a run, at that point, it was actually a walk. It wasn't really a run. There was a bit of running involved, but mainly walking. So I tried to do that three times a week from November, but it, you know, like it fizzled out a bit, went up and down, but I took it, I suppose, like intensely, like I was training like really seriously for the last kind of two, three months before I left. Because then I realized, okay, the day is like soon. I really need to get serious about this. And I was like, I was worried. I was sure that I was going to be the least fit person on the mountain. There were 20 of us in the group. And I was sure that everyone else would be much more fit than me. I felt like I needed to go into that extra kind of effort just to get up to base level of fitness. Before, before I started training, I was literally getting out of breath, climbing the stairs in my house. That's how bad it was. So it was pretty bad. And in the end, what was it like to be part of the 20? So first of all, it was an amazing experience because every single person in the group, we were all kind of supporting each other. We were all going through the same thing. None of us knew each other before we started. It was a very, very supportive group. It was, I think, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people struggled like at points and other people were there to encourage them. It's interesting in terms of fitness, I'm not going to judge anyone else's fitness, but what I will say around a third of the group were in their twenties. So I don't know if if this is politically correct to say, or ageist, like in this day of political correctness, but a, a 20 year old is. I think more naturally fit than a 50 year old. They were kind of all dancing up the mountain. I was like puffing and panting by and yeah, it it was tough. It was tough. We all got to the top. The other thing is climbing Kilimanjaro is not just about physical fitness. It's about two things. And people told me this before as well. It's about your mental frame of mind, like telling yourself like you can do it and you're going to do it. Because it is really tough. Some days we were walking 11 hours, like some days we were walking nine hours. You're sleeping in a tent every night. There's no normal bathrooms anywhere. There's also the altitude. It's over 5,000 meters high. So it's really high. 
when you get near to the top, the oxygen that you're only breathing 50% of the oxygen that you would normally breathe in. So there's only 50% of the oxygen there that you're used to. So you feel breathless you're, and you feel exhausted. Because there's so little oxygen, you can't walk fast. And everyone reacts differently to that height, to that altitude. So I was very, very, very lucky for Hashem that I didn't feel, some people felt really, really sick or really dizzy. I'm really lucky that I didn't feel that. We were all taking medication to prepare for the altitude. We literally, all 20 of us took the same medication, but some people just react to it differently to others. So I was lucky, like I, I didn't feel sick. I didn't have any massive headaches. I was definitely breathless. And the last kind of climb up to the peak was really, really, really tough, really tough. So what was it like to reach the peak? Was It was incredible. The, the, they call it summit night. So to get to the summit, you climb the summit in the middle of the night. You climb the summit, you, you sleep the day before from 3 p.m. till they wake you up at 11 p.m. You leave the camp at midnight and you're climbing up for seven hours. When I say up, and this is, the one thing that I did not realize, like when you say you're climbing up for seven hours, it is literally almost like climbing a skyscraper. That is how uphill it is. The gradient is incredibly, incredibly steep. It's really, really, really steep. You're climbing this in the pitch black. You have a torch strapped to your head, like on an elastic band. You have a, a light, a flashlight. So you can't really see very much. Besides your feet, I suppose that's the only thing you really need to see. One of the reasons they climb it in the middle of the night is because it's frozen. So it's freezing, freezing cold. I had water in a water bottle around my neck and it was a big like two liter water bottle and it froze solid. Like the whole water bottle was frozen. All the water was frozen. So it's dark. It's really cold. It's the middle of the night. You're tired. And the, sorry, the reason that they climb up in the middle of the night is so that the, the ground is frozen. So it's a bit easier to climb on because it's lots of little rocks and pebbles and it can be slippery if it's like when it's not frozen. So a lot of people like told me when they got to the top, like people from last year and I saw videos, like people when they got to the top, they were crying. It was like really emotional. I'm going to be really, really honest with you, even though it's not that exciting. I could make it sound more dramatic, but when I got to the top, I was exhausted. I can't say like I was crying or super. I was really happy I got to the top, but I was just exhausted. <laughs> I think most of the time on the way up, I was just thinking about my bed. <laughs> I was like, I want to be in bed right now. I was really, really happy that I made it. And I think I sort of relive that moment. So I don't feel like, oh, that's really sad that I wasn't like super emotional because I'm emotional now. I'm emotional whenever I think about it. I actually got to the top, which is really, really tough. So, and everyone was very excited. You can't actually stay at the top for more than about 20 minutes because there is, you literally can't really breathe. So you get to the top, you take group photos, you take individual photos, and you basically go down. Like, that's it. And was it down harder? I would imagine it's oh harder. Anyway. 
It's a very good question. <laughs> it was really, really, really hard. Really hard. I was, I think this also might be something to do with my age because I've noticed like the older I've got, the more scared I am of like falling and the more scared I am of doing downhills. Like downhill to me was terrifying because the ground isn't frozen. You're literally, you're walking in like millions of like little pebbles. So it's really, 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 really slippery. It's really slippery. It's all like rocks and pebbles. Nothing grows at that height. It was incredibly slippery and I personally found it terrifying. I I think again, like not to be ageist or anything, but I think the younger people like just kind of ran down. They didn't find it so scary. I personally found it really scary. I did find it scary. But that's what makes it so cool is that you're not the youngest and you still did it. That's what makes yeah. it inspiring. And you went really, like I said before, you went for the top. Like you went straight from nothing to something a very few people in the world ever do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like, I'm really, really, really pleased that I did it. I think it took me from a place of, oh my gosh, I'm turning 50. Like at least half my life is gone. Panic. Like, I don't know. That's such a brilliant frame of mind. Like these flickers of fear or terror do sometimes appear like when I think about my life and like how much has gone and how much has left. But I think this took me to a really kind of positive place. You were saying earlier, midlife is like a really cool time. I think I can't speak for everyone, but I suppose for me personally, my life is incredibly busy with family commitments and work, but I do have a tiny bit more time for myself than I did 10 or 20 years ago. There's no way I could have been, well, maybe there is a way, but I didn't manage to like go to the gym three times a week when I had a young family. And it's much more manageable now at this time in my life to find the time to do those things, which I'm really grateful for. And that's what I'm hoping to do is inspire people to do things. I don't know many how many people will, will climb Kilimanjaro, but do something way out of your zone or just somewhat out of your zone. This, yeah. And find new things that are interesting to you. From what I'm understanding from you is that exercise was not interesting to you. Yeah, absolutely. Exercise was, to me, almost like a punishment. <laughs> Like, it always felt like a punishment. It always felt like, why would anyone do this thing where you get tired, you get sweaty, everything hurts, your heart is beating like a thousand miles an hour. Like, why would people do that? But I built it up slowly. I read loads online and via YouTube. It did cross my mind a few times. Maybe I should be getting a personal trainer and getting advice. But it's an extra, personal trainers are great. It's just not something that was like within my budget. And I managed to get a lot of advice, just free advice online. And also going to classes, I could ask the teachers questions. So I managed to build it up slowly and make it enjoyable. And I have to say also doing those hikes, I much, much, much prefer being outdoors to being in the gym. Like I have always loved being outdoors I've always loved the outdoors we were brought up going to Switzerland regularly because my grandparents went there so I got a good appreciation of 
being in the mountains, the absolute like beauty of it. So I think when you're exercising, it's really important to do something you enjoy. And also I've read in so many different places and it's true, just walking is exercise. It doesn't have to be anything like crazy. Right. You're not trying to convince everyone to go to Kilimanjaro or hike anything. When I read that you went to Kilimanjaro, I just felt like I had to talk to you because there's somebody that's going to be inspired by, I, mean, I think many somebodies are going to be inspired by somebody who really never exercised and went to Kilimanjaro. And just the fact that we can do amazing, crazy, I think it's crazy, things <laughs> at our age. But nonetheless, yeah. I am going to travel to Guatemala and hike that hike. So maybe it's not quite Kilimanjaro, but it's a, it's a start. So That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd love to do more hikes. And we definitely can do these things at our age. We're young. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's all about a mindset. And I think that what I'm also hearing is that from yourself, you've changed somewhat because of it, like at least on the exercise side and the idea that we can do crazy things. You're looking for your next crazy adventure. Yeah, absolutely. It it just, I think it's really important to have things to look forward to. I think as women, like we're all so busy. We have so many responsibilities and duties all the time. Like even today I thought, okay, like today is like quite a quiet day. I had you scheduled and I thought, okay, great. I'll have time to breathe and tidy up. And I think it's probably happens to all of us. Just, I don't know, my day went on and I have so many things to do. I'm like, how am I so busy? It's not even supposed to be a busy day today. So it's important to have time for ourselves. It's important to have things to look forward to. I think that's the important thing is have things that are interesting to look forward to. Yeah. But we yeah. want to try, not necessarily things that we're going to be good at. What I heard from you is you weren't even sure you were going to do it, but you signed up for it. Yeah. I wasn't sure I'd be able to do it. And I suppose the thing I like about this challenge or any kind of challenge where you go in a group is it's not a race. Like it's not a marathon. Like I don't need to kill myself to be first. Like we're all, it was very nice actually on the walk. We all, 90% of the time, we all walk together as a group. No one's running ahead. No one's trying to be like the first anywhere. It, it was just, it was a really nice atmosphere and it was a really, I, I suppose like a bonding experience. Like we all did this together. So it was really nice. And it was also really nice not to have to cook for like 10 days, <laughs> not to have to wash up, not to clean, be served meals. Like that was really nice too. That's a real thing. That's a real yeah. thing. You can do that on vacation, but there's other ways to do it. Too, even though you weren't luxuriating by the beach, you definitely were. Yeah. But yeah, and that's the thing, not to have to cook, not to have to clean. Yeah, absolutely. Not to answer phones. Yeah. And one other thing, there were lots of things, but one other thing that was really nice about it is, and I'm sure it's not just me, my head is busy. I'm always thinking about, you know, I've got this to do, like thinking about my to-do list and like what I have to do next. And like, I'm on the way to one shop thinking about what I need to get in the next shop. This on this trip, I was just totally present, like all the time. I was just enjoying the moment, like being in the moment. I wasn't thinking about what I needed to do. I wasn't thinking about what I need to do when I get back to England or what kind of tasks lay ahead of me back at home. I was just in the moment the 
full time, like appreciating everything that was around me. And that is such a nice way to be. I can't even think of the word. It's just take so much pressure off you to just be in the moment and enjoy the moment. And that's how it was for 10 days, which was amazing to be able to be like that. From time to time. Yeah. I mean, we can be more, probably even be more in the present, even in our daily lives, but to yeah. totally be present for 10 days straight, like that just sounds like from it, time to time. It, it's almost like you don't really have a choice because, well, not that you don't have a choice, but the scenery around you is so different to anything that I'd ever seen. It, it, it's like... A child when you go out with children and they like look at a flower and they're like wow and then they look at a car so I, I guess I was a bit like that everything was like wow it's just new and this it's one of the things about Kilimanjaro is it is so vast even though I took loads and loads of pictures like you cannot capture how amazing it is in a picture it's just at different levels there's different scenery. So at the bottom, it's like rainforest, but it's not, I've never even been in a rainforest, but it's just like miles and miles and miles of rainforest. As far as you can see, there's like monkeys high up in the tree. There's like yeah. these amazing birds and it's wow. And then you, you get to the next level and it's a bit more rocky, but there's these really interesting flowers. And then a bit higher, there were these like incredible trees that I'd never seen anything like in my life. And the, the terrain is like different on, each day the top felt like walking on the moon <laughs> there was just like there's nothing growing it's just rocks and kind of sand and dust but it there's so much you're surrounded by this amazing scenery and you have to focus on where you're going <laughs> so you're physically working so it's a very like encompassing experience so it almost really just helps you be present and it was just such a nice feeling mm. So you take that idea of being present back with you, trying to do that in daily life? A hundred percent. I had it before. I've read like a lot of books on being present. I'm a therapist myself as well. So I love the idea of mindfulness, of being in the moment, of being present. You know, it really helps to reduce anxiety. And I do try and practice it. But here it was like, handed to me on a plate for 10 days it was amazing oh. do you encourage other people to do that Kilimanjaro or just anything oh absolutely like absolutely everyone I've met who has all people that have asked me to send them pictures I'm like you have to do this next year <laughs> yeah I have encouraged so many people to do it I actually have a, another son who's 22 who might do it next year he was thinking about it this year. So my 28-year-old did it last year. I did it this year. My 22-year-old might do it next year. So I absolutely, it's the most incredible, like once-in-a-lifetime experience. So yeah, I, I definitely would encourage other people to do it. Or you know what? Even if you can't do something as huge as that, there's so many challenges like that are there's probably more in america than there are here there's a charity the friendship circle friendship which i don't know to the grand canyon they actually did a kilimanjaro for men yeah so they're doing a kilimanjaro for women in i think it's next year i, I saw it online i'm not doing kilimanjaro again but i would love to do something different
and even it doesn't have to be anything as big, but just something, just do something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even these these hikes that I did like locally, when I say locally, I had to, a drive from my house. One of them was just like two hour drive from my house. Others were a bit further, like four or five hour drive. But those hikes were just so fantastic. It doesn't have to be something huge. It could be like going away for the day, like doing a cycle, doing a hike. I don't know, going for a swim. We're very lucky. There's actually a pond right near where I live, like an outdoor pond, like in the middle of kind of fields, but it's surrounded by trees. And they have a pond where you can go swimming. In fact, this is really interesting. I don't know why they have it like this, but it's amazingly beshed. They have a ladies' pond, a men's pond, and a mixed pond. So you can go like ladies swimming whenever you want outdoors. That's also an incredible experience. To me, like being in nature is really soothing. It's like calming, it's relaxing, it's inspiring. It just really helps. What I'm also hearing is that being, now that you've done it, you'll have a story to tell, not just a story, you have a story to tell, but the idea of having experiences that we can look back at. And that was a cool thing that I did or being able to share it yeah. in conversation, I think is not the reason to do it, but it's part of the reason to do interesting things and to have an interesting. A hundred percent. Like the memories are like all stored in there and I can pull them out at any time. It's almost like, since I've been back, I've like really enjoyed looking at the pictures, but even not just looking at the pictures, just like thinking about it. They are really, really, really nice memories. It is nice to have those memories. Especially also, when life gets bumpy and whatever, to have those memories to look back at and yeah. to know that I can eventually do something else really cool. And it doesn't have to be as big as that. Even yeah. just going to another city for two 100%. days. 100%. I think it really makes a difference to our confidence. Well, it definitely did with me in terms of my confidence of what I'm physically able to do. Because my confidence in my physical abilities was not very high before I did this. And I do feel better about myself like now in terms of what I can do. Like I, I know I can't like run up to the top of Everest or Dude, I wouldn't be able to do a marathon. No way. I mean, not yet anyway. I definitely wouldn't be able to run that far. But I know like that I can push myself and I can improve my physical health. So that's really awesome. I think like our bodies are amazing things. So like, we shouldn't neglect them. I think I neglected mine for a bit too long. <laughs> you asked me earlier about what's changed or if it changed me. I mean, I don't think this is something that changed, but it definitely highlighted for me how much I love and appreciate my family. When I got to Africa, I honestly wasn't expecting this. I was, and it's going to sound ridiculous because I'm turning 50. I was so homesick. I missed my kids and my husband and my family so much. Actually, the first day when we got there, I phoned my daughter. She's 30 years old. She has four kids of her own. I phoned her while we were waiting for dinner and I just felt like I was choking up, like I'm about to burst out crying. And the line kind of went because the Wi-Fi there is horrific in Africa. There's hardly any connection. But if I would have carried on talking to her, I think I just would have been like crying. Like I really missed my family, which I don't know. It just made me like really appreciate being back with them. 
Wow. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that too. It didn't even cross my mind that I would be homesick. I'm like, I'm an adult. I can do this. And I have been away without my family many times, but I think maybe because it was such a different environment. And I was with a group of 20 people, but I didn't know any of them before. Like I know them now. I guess it was for quite a long time. It's for 10 days. But often when I go away by myself, I'm going to family in different parts of the world. So it doesn't feel so so far away, I suppose. I just want to go back to, you keep talking about the importance of you, that your trip was a physical trip. But I think when we're talking to other people, they don't have to do something that's physically strenuous or while it's good for our bodies to do something physical, just doing something for our mental health, for ourselves, just do something different to break up the every day and have something to look forward to. I think that's so important. And there's so many different things that we can be doing. And it could be bigger and far, uh, closer and less expensive. It doesn't have to cost anything, but just do something different. Meet new people, expand your horizons because there's yeah. so much more life to live. And when I know for myself and for my friends is that when we do new things, we just become more creative. We become more expansive. We become more interesting and just life seems cheerier. And yeah, there's stuff happening at midlife and beyond, whether it's family responsibilities and our own, that we're looking for cheerier things, more playful things, more fun things to do to kind of balance out what life really is. A hundred percent. And I was actually thinking that as well, when you were saying before about finding something new. I was thinking myself, it doesn't have to be something physical. It could be like something creative, like drawing. I never learn how to draw. Well, I think I, I did. I can't say I never learned how to draw, but I, I didn't spend a lot of kind of time or effort on it. But I love kind of drawing. And I recently, like I bought like a book that teaches you how to draw. And I can't say I spend loads of time on it, but I, I love kind of trying to draw out pictures of like sceneries there's so much that you can do you're right it doesn't have to be something physical i hope to have on the website a list of things that people can try just to get some people spark some people's creativity kilimanjaro will just be one of those things (laughs) i'm not going to put them in order of difficulty because i think that would be pretty much on the top but just lots of things little things get to know your own city as a tourist it's just interesting or go to another city the next city yeah. over or take a cheap flight to anywhere. Yeah. There's ways to do that. Google for the cheapest flights to anywhere and see what comes up for under whatever your budget is. Yeah. There's so much of the world to see, so much of the world to do locally. And I'm just so excited to have met you that I think you're just so inspiring. I just love meeting people who do crazy things. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I have to say I've really focused on like the physical experience. But it was an inspirational experience as well in terms of, like, I remember when I was there thinking, and I still think this now, everyone keeps on saying, like, the world is so small. And I suppose, in a way, the world is small, like, with the internet, with, like, we can hop on a plane and in, like, 11 hours I could be in Africa. But it's also so big. I I was just so fascinated driving from the airport to where we stayed and then driving to the mountain. And on the last day, we we went around a little bit, just seeing how the local people live. There's a lot of poverty there. People were like really friendly. The kids were just 
adorable. <laughs> just seeing a whole different culture, I found that like really, really interesting. Like the African women like carry things on their heads. Yeah. We had people like carrying like our stuff up the mountain for us. So like our night bags, they were carrying out the mountain for us. And I was so like impressed that some of these people carrying out the, our stuff were actually women, like carrying like 20 kilos on their back. I mean, it, it was like a, it was a physical challenge, but it was also like eye-opening and really interesting. And the other thing is just looking at the beauty of Hashem's world, like seeing another angle to it. I've seen the UK, but I've seen Switzerland, I've seen Europe, but I've never, I've been to parts of America, but I've never seen Africa. And it's just amazing to see Hashem's beautiful world. And the most inspiring part of all that is seeing the stars at night. I have never, ever, ever in my life seen the stars that way. You're very high up. It's a completely clear sky. And you just look up and you can literally see millions of stars. Like literally, it's like the whole sky is covered in wow. stars. That is really inspiring. It's amazing. Wow. Kind of inspiring me to do Kilimanjaro. I don't know. Definitely not, <laughs> not next year. The, the beauty of it sounds amazing. Just nature itself. And there's so many beautiful hikes that uh, I've done. But that sounds like an, another of another level. But by the way, you can just come to American Southwest. There are some amazing hikes. I know. I would really like to. It's very funny. Somebody, before I left, somebody bought me a book. It's called Wild. And it's about a lady who hiked for three months along the Pacific Coast Trail, wow. which I think she hiked through California. I can't even remember. But I was just thinking, gosh, there's like all these amazing like treks and trails like all over the world. Like I'd love to do something else. But the, that's the thing about these treks is like what I was saying before is like, it's hard to just pick yourself up and go. Like you have to go. I don't know if you have to go, but from what I found, you need to, it makes more sense to go with an organized group. Right. Otherwise, like, how do you cope with kosher food? And if you're there over Shabbos. Right. We were there, we were on the mountain for Shabbos because we were on the mountain for eight days. Shabbos was incredible. It was the most peaceful Shabbos you can possibly imagine. I can't even it, it was, imagine. You don't hear like any regular noises for eight for eight days. You don't hear like the sound of like electricity humming. You don't hear cars and trucks and and you just don't hear any of those sounds. So all you hear is like the sounds of nature. So it, it was just so peaceful and so beautiful. I think this is the opportunity in our lives at this age to do these kind of things. Right. And yeah. I think we have to use this time. So, so we have to look back at and so that our kids think that their mothers are not old fuddy fuddies, but they're actually cool people. Yeah, 100%. Like, my kids were, like, inspired by me doing this. And my kids were, like, also inspired. And I'm happy, like, that they were inspired by me exercising. Maybe, like, some of that will <laughs> rub off on some of them. Some of them do exercise quite a lot already. I have to say my kids inspire me, like, massively. So I'm very lucky. 
This was very it was good. Really it was nice to meet you. Too. I, I, you know, good I think we'll meet you. again. Yeah, on one in of our, your in our hiking oh, boots. I know. I'm very excited. Also, that's the thing. I bought these hiking boots, so I have to use them. I can't just use them for eight days and never use them again. <laughs> so, okay. Nice to meet you. you Take too. care. Thank See you. Bye bye. Thank you for joining me in another fascinating conversation about midlife. If you'd like to reach me, Devara Krasniansky, to talk about your midlife or anything else, you can reach me at jewishmidlife at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, jewishmidlife.com, and follow us on Jewish Midlife on Instagram or Facebook, and join our conversations in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. And share what we're doing with your friends and others in the midlife phase.